Bakersoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Mildred Keith, Episode 25 Ah, good morning, my dear child. Good morning, sir, the doctor said in an undertone, giving his hand to Mildred and the minister in turn. Then with an anxious glance at the bed, how is he? Sleeping now, I see. How did he rest through the night? Not very well, and your mother, where is she? Not down too, with almost a groan, as he read the truth in the young girl's face. Mildred led him to her. She lay on the lounge still, with closed eyes and face of deathly pallor, her cheek resting against the dark curls of Rupert, who had thrown himself on the floor by her side and laid his head on the same pillow, while he held one of her hands, caressing it tenderly. His cheeks were burning, his eyes sparkling with fever. The doctor glanced from one to the other. "'Ought to be in bed, both of you. Go, my boy, at once. You are not fit to be here.' I can't, sir. Indeed, I'm needed to take care of the others. You will help most by giving up at once, said the doctor. Otherwise, you will make yourself so sick as to need a great deal of attention. Yes, go, my dear boy, whispered Mrs. Keith. I will, since you bid me, darling mother, he answered, pressing his hot lips to her cheek, then tottering from the room. She looked after him with sad, pitying eyes. So sick, and your mother not able to nurse you. Mildred, my poor dear child, how are you to stand it? She sighed, turning them upon her daughter's face as she bent over her. Try not to be troubled and anxious, my dear madam, said the doctor. The more quiet and free from care you can keep your mind, the better for you. Trust the Lord that all will come out right. I will. He is all my hope and trust. For myself and for my dear ones, she answered, with almost her accustomed cheerfulness. Things look very dark, but behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. And he has sent us some help already, observed Mildred, from a most unexpected quarter. Damaris came in at that moment from the kitchen, saluted the doctor in her usual formal way, and turning to Mrs. Keith remarked, I hope you're not going to be very sick, but you'd ought to go to bed for today anyhow. Don't you say so, doctor? I do most emphatically, answered the physician who had seated himself at the table and was busied in measuring out medicines, and I'm very glad, Miss Damaris, to see you here. It appeared to be my duty to come, she said, looking not ill-pleased. I'm no great nurse, but I can do housework and cook for sick or well, and them things is as necessary as the nursing. Certainly, said Dr. Grange, and went on to give directions to her concerning the proper food for his patients, and to Mildred in regard to the ministering of medicines and other remedies. He made his round among them, pronounced Scylla much better, Mr. Keith slightly so. He was silent as to the little boys, and Mildred's heart was full of anguish as she perceived from his countenance, or thought she did, that their recovery was still very doubtful. Mr. Lord had remained at Mr. Keith's bedside while the doctor and Mildred were absent from the room, and was still there when they returned. He looked perplexed and ill at ease. I have no skill in nursing, he said, never have had any experience, and am in fact a very unsuitable person for the task, being very absent-minded, as you both know. But if I can be of any service, I, Miss Mildred, I can sit here and hand anything he asks for, call you if he needs your assistance, and give the medicines if you will be good enough to remind me when 
when it's time to do so. The offer was gladly accepted, and the new nurse entered upon his duties immediately. Yet even with these new and unexpected helps, it was clearly impossible for the weary girl to give proper attention to five very sick persons and two who were barely combatant. Her heart was overwhelmed, the burden heavier than she could bear. But blessed be God, the God of Israel. His people need not bear their griefs and anxieties alone. He bids them not. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. These and other like great and precious promises were brought home with power and sweetness to Mildred's mind in this type of deep distress and anguish, and kept her from sinking beneath the load. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him as with a shield. There seemed no earthly friend left to come to Mildred's aid. She could think of none. Claudina Chetwood and Lucilla Grange were both themselves lying upon sick beds. So were all her lady acquaintances in Pleasant Plains, except such as, like herself, had their hands more than full with the care of the sick in their own families. And Aunt Wealthy was so far, far away, that before a message could reach her, they might all be in their graves. How long it seemed since she went away, how long since the beginning of their dreadful sickly season, that had as it were shut her, Mildred, away from all pleasant social interchange with her young companions into her own little world of trial and trouble. It was a comfort that someone was attending to domestic affairs, someone sitting with her sick father and Rupert, who now shared his bed, but all she could not more than half attend to the pressing needs of the others. The day was intensely hot, scarce a breath of air stirred, though every door and window stood wide open. The little boys, feverish and restless, wanted to be fanned every moment, and called almost incessantly for cold, fresh water. The others craved it, too, and it could be had only from the spring at the foot of the steep river bank. And ice being an unknown luxury in Pleasant Plains at that period, it could not be kept cool for any length of time. She did not feel at liberty to call upon either Miss Drybread or Mr. Lord for this service, and as the one judged it unnecessary that the water should be brought frequently, and the other was too absent-minded to think of offering to bring it, and she could not leave her charges to go herself, even if her strength had been equal to the effort, in addition to all the other demands upon it, she could not endure the pain of seeing that loved ones suffer from thirst. "'Water, water, cold water, Millie,' sobbed little Don. "'This is cold water, dear,' she said, holding a cup to his lips. "'No, tisn't right cold,' he fretted, pushing it away. "'Doesn't taste good. "'Oh, send somebody to bring cold, cold water.' She set down the cup and burst into tears. Absorbed in her grief and distress, she did not hear the gate gently opened and shut again, or a step coming up the path, across the porch, through the hall, and into the room where she sat weeping such bitter tears as she had never wept before.' but it was a cautious tread as of one who feared to disturb the sick as was the fact with that fear before his eyes wallace ormsby had taken thought even to come in slippered feet he should have paused at the room door to invite it to enter but forgot everything else at sight of mildred's distress and never stopped till he was close at her side oh mildred dear mildred what is it what can I do to help and comfort you? He said in tones tremulous with love and pity, as he bent over her and took her hand in his. 
She started with surprise, but the hand was not withdrawn, and the lips and eyes smiled faintly through the rain of tears as she looked up into his noble face and read their ardent, affectionate, deep sympathy in her sorrow. "'Surely you will let me help you in this dreadful time, when there's no more proper person to do it,' he said with earnest entreaty. "'Why should we care for conventionalities now? You are weak and worn out, in sore need of assistance.' I am well and strong, able and more than willing to give it. Say, may I not stay here by your side and help with this nursing? Water, cold water, sobbed on. Oh, go get cold water for me and Cyril. Yes, Wallace, Mr. Armsby, Mildred said, the tears coursing down her cheeks. I cannot sacrifice them to conventionalities, and so gladly accept your kind offer of help. Oh, don't talk. Go get water, quick, fretted Don. I can't wait, Millie. What makes you get so naughty to me? Wallace seized a pitcher standing near and hastened to the spring. He was no stranger to the premises and knew the way. For the next fortnight he had what he considered the blessed privilege of sharing Mildred's burdens, griefs, and cares, watching with her over each of those dear ones as they passed through the crisis of the disease and the first stages of the after-convalescence, for they all recovered. A fact which the patients and older children recognized with deep, heartfelt gratitude to him to whom belonged the issues from death. Nor did they forget the thanks due their earthly helpers and friends. The minister held a warmer place than before in the hearts of these parishioners, and Damaris Drybread received a substantial reward for her services, which as she was dependent upon her own exertions for a livelihood, was not declined. That fearful sickly season passed away, but not soon to be forgotten by the survivors, and comparative health and prosperity again dawned upon the town and surrounding country. The Keiths returned to their old, busy, cheerful life, and Wallace Ormsby, beloved by the whole family, seemed to, as one of them, years of ordinary social interaction could not have brought him into so close an intimacy with them and especially with mildred as those two weeks in which they two shared the toils the cares and anxieties of those who watched by beds of sickness that may end in death they had learned to know each other's faults and weaknesses strong points and virtues and with the knowledge their mutual esteem and admiration had but increased they had been warm friends before. Now they were not plighted lovers, Ormsby had not spoken yet, but, to his eye, there was but one beloved face on earth, and that was shining on him. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic. Mm -hmm.